This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 403 for the week of May 8th, 2016. What is up? Welcome to Kan Zen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kan Zen Shu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike. I am Vegito EX. What else would we do right now? I'm recording the intro to this episode, uh, the evening of Monday, May 9th, Goku Day in Japan, because the news is all about... Hi, Mary. Hi. <laughs> I completely forgot it was Goku Day until it was on the internets. Or maybe Piccolo Day. Yeah, May is awesome. Mary, Trunks is coming back. I know. I can't even handle it. <laughs> there was a translation, I guess it was, or a news post a while back where it was like alluded to. And I think I may have joked to you like, if Trunks is coming back, oh my God, I think I might need to be... <laughs> A little more involved. Because every episode is potentially someone's first episode. Yes! Who is Mary? I am your wife. Well, that's true. I've run this here household. That is entirely <laughs> accurate. However, in terms of Dragon Ball, who right. are you? So, my name is Mary Meredith, but... On the internet, I go by my nickname, which is Mary, and starting in 1997 or 8, I actually can't remember. I used And all the website archives at that time are lost, Ew, so I who know. knows? I know. I used to run a fan site called templeoftrunks.com. It was a mostly comedy and image-based website all about trunks, but pretty much everything else, Dragon Ball, was fair game, posted news and other people's fanfics, because I myself am not a writer, but it's kind of a clearinghouse for anything and everything trunks. I would say the biggest claim to fame of that site was a section called the Trunks Feature Films in which I would stage action figures, not just Trunks, but all DBZ action figures, maybe sometimes special guest appearances by Sailor Moon action figures in hilarious and off-the-wall situations and script-out stories featuring these toys. Good times. I pretty much was active with the site from mostly 98 through the mid-2000s. I was looking at my site today. It looked like I had one update in 2008, one update in 2007, and... And were they just like, hey, sometimes I'm on the podcast. that's, um, you know, I did update the homepage of the site to kind of say, hey, if you want to find me, I'm with DyZX yeah. these days. Uh, but the last two images, or I'm sorry, the last two content updates on the site were uh, featuring some scans. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, hi. It's nice to have you for a little bit. We'll get back to you momentarily because I do want to tease what else is going on this episode because this is a mishmash episode. Did not have this intro planned. Again, what else could we possibly do but this right here? Our topic this week, I was at Anime Fan Fest here in New Jersey this past weekend, and I recorded two fantastic interviews. The first of those two is coming at you as the topic this episode. That first interview is with Jason Thompson. Longtime Dragon Ball fans may recognize that name from the Viz days, a very long period of Viz days, actually. Uh, Jason came in as editor of the Dragon Ball manga and the Shonen Jump magazine. Pretty awesome. Right. So Jason and I talked about what it was like to be the editor of Dragon Ball in America. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Pretty big boots. Yeah. That's a step in. And we talked about he took over from Trish. That's another Mm -hmm. name people may recognize and what his relationship was as editor versus the translator versus the rewriter um, and what that meant heading into the Shonen Jump magazine and uh, what was going on in the Viz corporate environment at the time and how that affected the manga. Lots of great stuff there. Great discussion. That is coming at you as the topic this here episode. However, 
the news and the intro is one in the same this week. We cannot not talk about it. Mary Trunks is coming back to Dragon Ball Super. As you kind of just alluded to, we got a tease of this pretty much one month ago when the first volume of Toyotaro's Dragon Ball Super manga adaptation came out, the collected edition. We got a joint interview with Toyotaro and Akira Toriyama himself, and there were a couple select quotes there. I would like to read those select quotes for you. So the interviewer asks, finally, could you tell us just a little bit about where the story of Dragon Ball is heading? And over in the book version of the interview, Toriyama says, I've got an idea for a story about the quote unquote future of a quote unquote, a certain somebody. And I'm thinking of combining that together with a new universe. It'll be simple enough for kids to enjoy, hopefully. And Toyotaro says, a certain somebody. It's someone I'm a huge fan of. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, in conjunction with the interview that was in the book, uh, Shueisha put up a separate version of the interview. Uh, slightly different questions, slightly different answers. They put this up on their own website. Basically the same question. Toyotaro starts out and says, I've read the plot for the new story and I'm really happy a certain future related character is going to be involved. I'm a huge fan. And Toriyama followed that up saying, that's a pretty popular character. Hopefully the kids will be happy. Now, with future being in quotes, future related character, we all naturally assumed it was going to be Trunks. But God, wouldn't it have been so sucky to go in with that assumption and it turns out, no, it's something completely <laughs> right. different. I mean, yeah, sure, it's 99% odds right, right. in our favor, but you can't help but wonder, what what if things just don't play out the way you like? Then all the kids have broken hearts and Mary's crying <laughs> and in a by corner. All the kids. I, you know, I don't leave the house. I'm a mess. <laughs> so here we are, Mary. Um, very uncharacteristic of Toei. They got ahead of what were probably going to be print leaks and took control of the messaging themselves. Huzzah! And I must say. <laughs> I know. And announced the future Trunks arc. Yeah, buddy! It's coming to Dragon Ball Super following what we're wrapping up now, uh, the outcome of the Universe 6 versus Universe 7 tournament. So uh, let me read for you the announcement here on uh, Toei's official website. On June 12th, 2016, Dragon Ball Super shows a new storyline with Goku and the gang having finished up the tournament against Universe 6. Trunks returns from the future and appears before them. It's the start of the future Trunks arc, a new plot line with story and characters based on an original draft by Akira. Toriyama. After he defeated Cell, Trunks' future was supposed to be at peace, so why has he reappeared in the present? What is this new enemy in the future? The hotly anticipated new chapter starts. June 12th. So looking at this overview here they provided along with two character designs we have Trunks in a, a slightly updated version of his old jacket look. With a little extra something. A little something. extra something. We'll get with, to that. Okay. And then a slightly casual version uh, just like a, a green sweater turtleneck like thing. Like military sweater kind yeah. of thing. Are we all, and this is not an original thought we're all assuming he took seventeen scarf right? That's awesome. <laughs> Very incredible. I got <laughs> really dark. If that <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's see some dark ass I mean, he totally blew him away, so there shouldn't be anything remaining, but... I mean, Volma's wearing the, the red scarf in these cur current designs, too, so I think that's just all he's really alluding to. Oh, like, I never even thought of that angle. I went scarf. the dark route because that is just so <laughs> badass. Come on. Uh, and we have to address, yes, he has blue hair here. <laughs> That's probably not going to be what he looks like. It's so funny. People flip to shit over that. It's like, I guess, I, I don't even follow the news that closely, but... Mm -hmm. Using the power of deductive reasoning and yeah. just a somewhat minimal 
amount of knowledge about Toriyama's designs. He's just so inconsistent with his coloring sometimes. He always has been, yeah. Coloring's been different colors in the manga and that kind of stuff. Um, Mary, this is something you'd know about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Character designs, as they're done by the author, are changed and adapted before they get to the anime version. There will be someone, probably Yamamuro, who does the anime version of what this character design should be in terms of these are the official colors, these are the official proportions, that kind of stuff. We've seen this with Toriyama. This looks exactly like Toriyama's designs for things like the Frieza movie, you know, it's not necessarily exactly what it's going to look like in animation. It's a guide for them to take and use. So, yes, there's blue hair there. Does not allude to anything, Simadam. That all being said, what do you think <laughs> of the designs and what you've heard in Toei's announcement here? I think my big question for you, Mary, is why Trunks is this just... I really hesitate to use the word cash grab because Dragon Ball is made by a corporate entity. Its entire purpose is to make money. Is it a cheap grab? It's a grab. I don't think it's a cheap grab. I think it's a long time coming grab. Yeah. I think... Hopefully, being optimistic here, they looked at what was going on in Xenoverse, mm-hmm. and this is me projecting, um, <laughs> right. ho- saying, hey, we got this great character we have not used in years. And that came oh from Oh my online. God, you can do so much with yeah, him. Exactly, right. He right. is basically Doctor Who in Dragon Ball form. I am fine with the designs. I yeah. think they look cool. I love the red scarf. I, I, <laughs> I is love your excitement, scarf. Is your excitement clouding your judgment? I don't know. I yeah. like to think I'm pretty level-headed even when i get damn excited are you biased i I am the artist formerly known as bias (laughs) um i just think yeah it's a cash grab i mean i work in marketing like you so you know if you see an opportunity take it yeah of course at the same time it's not like hey let's come up with another colored transformation oh boy that to me is a cheapo cash grab this is more here's an underutilized character well you haven't touched in years let me stop you there is he truly underutilized yes have we done or have we done everything there is to do with trunks isn't his character arc already complete by helping save this other timeline you can ask that question to the whole existence of super yeah of course that's my answer yeah Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's go on to Toriyama's comment here. There's a a lot I could read. I'm not going to read the entire comment. You can read it on the homepage of the site. There's a couple of key things I want to grab out of here, though. I'm just going to read the intro and then we'll jump to... The Black Goku. We'll oh, no. He said <laughs> so, it. So Toriyama starts with, next up in Dragon Ball Super, Adult Trunks will be putting in his first appearance in a long time. I put together this story based on a suggestion from the editorial office. Like last time, I wrote an outline of the entire plot. Then the script writers break it up into episodes, expanding on things, changing things around, or adding in new bits as need be. This sounds slightly different from how he talked about what he had done previously, particularly with what he did in Battle of Gods in the Frieza movie, but even a little bit different from how he described what he did for the Universe 6 tournament story arc. This sounds more to me like they reached the end of what Toriyama had fully fleshed out and said, here's what we'd like to do. Similar to Battle of Gods, where they had the ideas for Super Saiyan God and God of Destruction, said, here's where we would like to go. Toriyama, can you take it from here? That feels slightly different from before. So I have a couple concerns about it, but at the same time, I like what Toei comes up with sometimes. Yeah, I mean, this last block has been pretty fun. 
Yeah. I think um, the only area in which I'm concerned is the line about um, an idea from the editorial staff. Yeah. I think that might be the only thing that feels like marketing yeah, kind so of push like, hey, the kids like committee. trunks. Could you make this work? Yeah. yeah. I, I would hope that it wasn't just that and more of look at Xenoverse yeah. and, and pull from this any way you can. Mm-hmm. Would you be accepting of, I don't think they're going to do this because as we've seen with uh, Dragon Ball Minus, even if Toriyama take someone else's character he'll do something entirely different with it uh, would you be opposed to them basically telling the xenoverse story Ah, uh, yes and no yeah i think there's some room for improvement mm-hmm. i'd like to see i think if they're gonna do what if stuff that would be maybe better served as its own arc but i, I get the sense from this description that it's not going to be anything like that yeah my impression seems to be it's not going to be uh, the timeline is being changed we need to go fix the raditz fight like we did in xenoverse mm-hmm. this sounds more like stuff is being affected but we're all going to be the focus of it not that time yeah. is going to be yeah, the yeah. focus of it could be entirely wrong I have no idea. Uh, we're doing the same thing everyone else is doing, where we've known stuff for less than 24 hours and we're trying to theorize. I think right. that's dangerous just, sometimes. It's mostly just fun. It is fun. I, I think, I think fun. Um, Toriyama tends to do better when he does have editors. I guess it depends on the type of editor. Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the next point. And what about this foe too strong even for Trunks to handle? Black Goku. It's written in Katakana. Katakana. Even Goku's name is Goku Buraku. Well, you can probably imagine what he's like just based off the name. Now, first off, <laughs> let's just jump ahead of that. There's some, you can get some really racist connotations off of that. So I don't know if that's the best way oh, Japan. to describe it. Japan. However, <laughs> uh, everyone seems to be going with it's going to be a dark evil. I'm not happy that we have a potential what if evil dark Goku version. I don't know. Not thrilled with that either. It really felt to me like Universe 6 was not just Universe 7 with goatees. (laughs) I'm thinking of Star Trek. (laughs) <laughs> Again, we don't have a whole lot to go off of, so I'm excited by some parts of this. I'm kind of turned off already by other parts of this. I, I think it might be too soon. It's way too soon. It's been less than a day since we got this information. God, the fact that it's going to be June is pretty exciting. Yeah, we're only about a month off from this, so that really tells me we're looking at another four or five episodes of let's just have fun, mm-hmm. wrap up this fun stuff. Filler. You need that emotional relief coming off of a story arc. Uh, we got some new characters introducing this king of everything. Jake has coined Omni King and it's out there and we can't take it back. Omni King. Do, now- you, do you regret this? No, no. <laughs> You, yeah, there was hesitation right there. there. I heard hesitation. it. I don't always agree with Jake, but I think I do. It, it's it's uh, I'm coming around to it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm not the one who's fluent in Japanese. So true. What do I know? You're just a ringleader. Mary, what else can we say about this right now? I'm glad to have you along for the ride. Uh, I feel glad stuff. to like have a vested interest in the fandom again. Yeah, I would say in the span of 12 hours. <laughs> I've come around to being like, oh yeah, Dragon Ball Super, I'll watch it occasionally. I mean, you already- <gasps> Holy shit, I, I am 17 years old again. Why does Trunks still interest you in 2016? Um, I don't know if it's that Trunks himself interests me or the feeling of being so committed to an entity, both as a character and my website and the community and the fandom, just like that was such a special time yeah. that even capturing a tiny essence of that is just like, 
I want to go balls to the wall, crazy, obsessive about something beyond what I do with my everyday typical life. It's just like a time capsule. Something I want to put in context for people. As popular as Daisenshu EX was, at the heyday of when we were both running sites at the same time, Mm -hmm. you were regularly doing three to four times the traffic I was. Yeah, people, you got to listen to this man. He just owned up. I mean, character shrines at that time were massive. Why do you think that was? Um, I'm interviewing you. Wow. And you're asking me to think about things that was Tough half question. my lifetime ago. Yeah, exactly. Hard. I didn't prep you for this. I know. I like it. I just fall into interview me. mode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like mostly flattered right now. Um, why were character shrines big at the time? I mean, there's a couple levels to it. Um, I really felt like there was a very even split with male and female. I was gonna get. I was time. gonna get to the gender thing. And why do you think character shrines were? I think so girls important? had a tendency to make character shrines more than their male counterparts. But I think what made Tem- uh, Temple of Trunks a little bit more. Uh, what's what I'm looking for. Cross over appeal. You were a little more general than it, it was than it lets on at first. Yes and no. Like with the feature films. I mean, Trunks was the focus, but you assigned caricatures to everyone. Oh yeah, people would give me shit for and my portrayal so of Vegeta, yeah. which cracks me up because Vegeta's my second favorite character. I yeah. love Vegeta. And Supra is just kind of validating my opinions <laughs> about him 20 years later. Right. Like, yes, this is, this is brilliant. What right. I was right all along. He's so awesome. What was the question? Why do you think my character shines? I think fandom, fandom, but anime was blowing up in the US huge at the time. And I think not only was there an appetite for fan sites in general, but I think as websites tended to be more like, oh, let's post these same pictures over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. Character sites were a way to kind of be a little bit more unique and create more original content. Yeah. And people, especially otaku, I'm the first one to admit, we're pretty damn obsessive. We find something we like, we're going to latch onto it obsessively. I guess that's it. Crossover appeal, regular updates. I was at a point where I was making an update every day. And that was while being in high school. When I think about doing homework and doing sports and it's just how did i have the time to make this content it, it kind of know, blows my mind like uh, i think i'll just lay on the couch I, I was gonna sit here and play my ds and chill and maybe pet a cat all right let's bring this to a close we've been talking uh my raw recording is like 20 minutes i have no idea what this is gonna end up being mm-hmm. this is just supposed to be the short intro to the episode no mary i'm sorry i have a real interview to oh, get okay to. this is just like your pre-show yes. i'm the warm-up back you people. are the warm-up back. i am the warm-up we'll Jason come back Thompson. i want to come back for like a real Trunks episode. Maybe when the episodes start. I've pitched them to you over the years. But now I have a legit reason to give a shit. Okay. (laughs) This is going to be great. All right. Fair enough. So whether you want it or not, more Mary's coming (laughs) at you on the podcast. That's fair. Take it or leave it, people. That's right. I don't care. All right. So Mary, thank you. You're welcome. We will (laughs) see you seeing hear more of you in the future clearly you've started oh like, right you think you, you want I guess to I should talk about that Temple of Trunks yeah so you, you just randomly decided I did today. and I was texting you and I was like I just signed up for social media accounts for everything what have I done um so you know the news, <laughs> Mike send me press assets Mike send me yeah pretty much so I was at work and on Twitter reading all this news and it's blowing my mind I can't believe what I'm reading and I'm just reading people talk about stuff I'm like holy crap it 
would be pretty cool to bring back Temple of Trunks. This would be a great time, but I can't commit to that. I, I don't even remember the login to my site. My site never made it over to a content management system. It's all still in raw HTML. I am not taking that on as a project. Sorry, people. But I'm going to meet in the middle because it's 2016 and we are in the future. And the future is the social medias. So I'm happy to resurrect. Well, uh, the five years ago. Is five, I, I know. I'm like so with it. If I do bring it back Temple of Trunks, it's going to be in the lazy form of either Twitter or Instagram or Tumblr. I have never used Tumblr before. I'm not cool like that. But uh, maybe I'll I, be on Tumblr. But it would be ripe for image content. And if I end up going the comedy route, that's when it prefaces by saying, I'm going to treat this as one giant experiment. It might just be me at the very least live tweeting during the episodes. Hardcore version of this experiment is I'm creating new, like creative, humor based content. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, we'll see. But you can find Temple of Trunks on Twitter at Temple of Trunks. That's Temple Temple O, o Trunks. Trunks. All right. Because she Mary, just got real. Your act is over now. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So next up is our actual interview this episode with Jason Thompson from Anime Fan Fest in New Jersey. We talked about the Dragon Ball manga from Viz and lots of other cool stuff. I'll see you on the flip side. We are here live in the, where are we, the sales and catering office administration room at the hotel across the street at anime fan fest i got jason thompson how are you hey man i'm doing great it's great to have you here you are a name that i have known for a very long time in conjunction with dragon ball which is uh kind of funny you didn't write dragon ball uh no i wish i had i wish i had written and or drawn dragon ball it, it would be a uh, it'd be quite an honor it's really funny because i think back to when viz was first releasing the manga i don't know if you remember this there's uh, one of the four guys that works on Konzenshi with me. His name is Julian. He was 15 years old at the time when he did this. Oh, my gosh. He created a petition that uh, I believe got sent to you at some point. He wanted to get Dragon Ball released uncensored here in America. Oh, yeah. Well, at first it was released uncensored for right, a very right. short period of time. And uh, then what happened is that uh, it had been picked up by Toys R Us. And yeah, some parents, I that well. Yeah, some parents noticed the whole uh, puff puff and the mm -hmm. whole um, naked Goku wandering around you know and um and they didn't like it too much so uh, then viz kind of freaked out and uh, decided to re-release dragon ball censored we actually had uh, reporters calling the office we, we, we were instructed not to talk to so that oh was God, kind of hysterical. exciting yeah i uh i started editing dragon ball well let's we'll come back oh. to it i want to do like, rewind rewind a rewind loop here okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> so take me back to the beginning um you know i see you online these days i think jason thompson is into horror and zombies and lovecraft um where did it all start for you like the the general nerddom gosh i mean really i my earliest memories right i mean i was always into science fiction movies and books and uh comics um i mean i didn't discover anime or manga until i was a teenager because okay. i mean there really wasn't anything on television or in video stores you know yeah. i grew up in the i was born in 1974 so uh it wasn't even it wasn't until i was um in late high school that some companies started to you know like adv and right. other people started to release anime i mean i, I realized now that some of my favorite uh, Western cartoons that I liked in the 80s, like um, uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers and Thundercats and even DuckTales were mm -hmm. actually animated by like animation studios in Japan, which is why they looked good. But um, but yeah, it just was there wasn't really anything available. And I mean, I was aware of Speed Racer and stuff like that, but yeah, sure. that, that just is such an older style. I just wasn't really into it, you know? Yeah. So how about anime and manga in general? Was it a natural transition for you off of all that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I went 
went to well, I went to college, and uh, I there I discovered um, the anime club, uh, and I was in a gaming club, and mm-hmm. some of the we had some of the same people were in both clubs, and so I sort of kind of followed them into the anime club, and uh, I think the first anime I ever watched was um, Ranma One Half, followed by Akira. It was you know like that a, was the time for those shows. Yeah, early nineties, and uh, yeah, Akira was pretty pretty awesome, and I really I really loved it. But I think Ranma One Half was more actually more mind blowing the yeah. fact you know the whole like romantic comedy mm-hmm. and the like gender bending like transgender ish fantasy stuff was so, that was like so unlike anything I'd ever seen before right because I mean Akira sure it's got a great animation and it's really crazy but you know I mean post apocalyptic stuff science yeah. fiction psychic powers that was stuff I was all really you know sure that was my bag but yeah. uh, <laughs> it was actually shows like Maison Akoku and uh, and Video Girl Eye that it really like got I really got into you know yeah Yeah, because it was kind of like a traditional like I mean nerdiness you know at the time had like you know I was there has a traditionally masculine stereotype associated with it where like yeah. no one was like admitting to being into these like soap op- these soap operas and these mm-hmm. you know like romantic things and um so that was really the first time that I'd I'd ever uh, like allowed myself to be into something like that you know um so yeah so that was a really more um more life-changing in a way than uh shows with cyborgs and ninja sure. and stuff the kind of stuff that like companies like manga entertainment you know made build their um, right. companies on um, in the early 90s when manga started hitting when anime started hitting video stores in a big way right right so it was Dragon Ball I mean Dragon Ball kind of spun out of Rama in some ways I mean you think about what Viz was producing on the anime side what they were doing on the manga side um, Ocean Studios being involved with all of these productions so they just kind of fall into your lap the same way well um, I was actually hired by Viz to edit a video game magazine in 1996 and that mm-hmm. was a really this is my first job out of college and uh, well, and it was a very short lived <laughs> magazine yeah, I um, remember it <laughs> yeah but then they they uh, in their infinite wisdom decided that they should I should stay or stick around mm-hmm. and and I uh, started doing some other stuff for them and eventually uh, editing some of their manga. And of course, this isn't at manga editing the way it is in Japan, where you're actually like part of the producer who's right, right. or not changing the story direction of the, the manga and so on. This is, you know, like localization. And I, th- I think, I mean, I started out with series that, you know, were kind of, not as important like the night warriors manga you know dark stalkers or you know yeah manga and um eventually i uh started i you know they trusted me on the bigger titles and trish ladeau at the Mm -hmm. time was editing uh dragon ball and um at this point i'd really become into dragon ball and i was like oh if you ever uh boy if you ever need some help reading (laughs) letters from dragon ball from Uh fans you know because we were at this point getting tons of physical mail once we started doing the series we were just getting boxes and boxes of letters Mm -hmm. Mostly from kids who are drawing their like versions of Super Saiyan Five Goku or whatever, right. right? You know, I want to put this in time. I was telling you before we started recording, it was you that I found that posted the press release from Viz in uh, 1998, I believe it was, announcing that Viz was putting out the Dragon Ball manga. So we're two years out about from Funimation doing Z. Mm-hmm. did Dragon Ball 95, DBZ in 96. So there was already a pretty sizable fan base. And I uh, know me at the time, we were so excited. We're finally going to be able to read the comic here too. So to hear that you were already getting tons of letters, like I'm not really surprised by that point. Well, it was an interesting period of time for Dragon Ball, right? Because it came out in what, 95 or 96, yep. the, the anime. But um, if I recall, it didn't quite, I mean, it didn't quite blow everyone's minds yeah, uh, on the uh, syndicated broadcast. Yeah, we and got then, 13 of Dragon Ball. 
Yeah. And then they're like, well, this isn't working. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they skip straight to Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> straight to wisely, Z. I guess. You know, I, I think back and I actually tell people it did better than you think it did. The second season of syndication got an hour-long block. Dragon on, Ball on, Z? Dragon Ball Z on the weekend. And it was still before Pokemon at that point. That's true. Like, it was doing well, but then, you know, the, the combination of Funimation and Saban, I mean, things just kind of crumbled yeah, for a little it bit. It was kind of so. scary for like, a while when we stopped in the middle of the Namek saga, you know? And then yeah, it yeah. seemed like what was going to go on. We were already doing the manga then, so we right. knew we were That's still, why we were yeah. excited. Like, we're fun, you know, Funimation implodes. We can at least rely on Viz yeah. to get us a story there. Tell me a little bit about, so you came on as editor for Dragon Ball? Yeah. So what was your role taking over from Trish? And I have a question about Trish. We'll get to that in mm-hmm. a little bit. Question this one in everyone's mind. I say everyone's like all the five people who care about this little <laughs> Ooh, question. Ooh, <laughs> okay. I hope it's a good question. Um, so what is your role as an editor or was your role versus someone like I believe it was Gerard Jones who was doing the translation or the adaptation? Like um, how did the actual uh, translators of Dragon Ball were Mari Morimoto. This is, well, the time we were doing Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z simultaneously. Right. And I believe that the translator for um, Dragon Ball was uh, Mari Morimoto, okay. and the translator for Dragon Ball Z was Lillian Olsen. Okay. And, the, the, and Viz at the time also, traditionally since the 80s, Viz had always hired these people called rewriters, right? Right. And, um, and this dated back, this was a, two things. First off, when Viz first started in like 87, both of the founders of the company were, um, you know, they were originally, they were originally from Japan. And uh, I feel that they were, and so was Satoru uh, Fuji and Seiji Horibuchi. And they weren't entirely confident with, you know, doing a Engl- the English localization themselves. Yeah. That was a trend at the time. Everyone was a little hesitant about, you know, how much do we want to keep it as is. But the yeah. reason it's popular is because it's different. So how do we approach this? Yeah, I mean, it's still something that goes on today, right? The uh, the, the solution they came up with was that I think uh, they they hired, teamed up with these people like Gerard Jones, who did uh, the Dragon Ball and Ron Moe and Half localization. He was originally an American comics writer. Okay. And I think he still does. I, I don't know if he's still doing any work in that. But um, that was kind of one of the re- other reasons they hired him was he's like, like, well, I know the world of American comics. And yeah. also there's people will be fans of, of me, Gerard Jones, and they will thus they will pick up your comic Dragon Got Ball. It. You know, so I mean, I, recognition there. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, ultimately, I think they ended up doing. He and uh, Fred Burke and the other people that they hired as rewriters. A lot of them ended up doing um, doing much more work as in manga, not not so sure. much in American comics. Although strangely, some people who've been hired as as letters and rewriters, like Kelly Sue DeConnick, then now now they don't do any more work for Viz, and now they're like comic book big shots. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been like a it's been kind of interesting. Anyways, yeah. So the the literal translators would turn in their work, Mari right. and Lillian, and then um, their styles varied. Like Mari always did lots of variant translations for everything. She her translations are full of like uh, they were she had full of parenthetical notes and stuff. Lillian <laughs> did and does sounds and, like some of the folks that work for us on Condensed Julian in particular. He's yeah. always got like, well, it's not quite this, and like the pluralization here. Yeah. Like, oh, what do I do with this? And Lillian is more. She's great. They're both great. Lillian, is, Lillian is, has a little more of a conventional translation style where she okay. pretty much just does something that you could just reuse use straight yeah. up but occasionally she'll put a note about something that's really questionable and neither of them did this translated the sound effects particularly okay. other than like writing them out in english because um I, yeah i mean i don't think that viz readers could read you know katakana um <laughs> so anyways gerard jones came to that and he would like just basically rewrite stuff out yeah. more colloquially and right. um the same it's the same as all the viz rewriters did at the time and he also was involved in some of the name decisions sure. um but on the other hand some of those were done in some of those were sort of based on what Funimation was doing, but some of them more of them were not. I think I think we had a little more freedom, and uh, we Definitely. weren't we weren't totally coordinated. 
Yeah, I remember early on, kind of made a point to say we are using krillin, we are using tension han. Yeah, exactly. We are absolutely it's krillin, not krillin. It. Right, yeah. right. It's not a shrimp. Um, but then we would get to things like Hercule would end up being used instead of Mister Satan. It's like, well, well, that was influenced by Funimation, but I could also see why you guys were doing it. Well, so. that's because things changed a lot over time. Yeah. I mean, Dragon Ball basically went through several mini phases, and this is just a sort of the change in the corporate culture it yeah. is, and based on what was going on in the market, is at some points it would be very, uh, it did be very cautious about yeah. uh, stuff, and they'd be more prone to censorship stuff, sure. and at other times there was just more loosey-goosey and whatever you know right. you know and so uh, what was your role as an editor in all that my role was basically to um i'd go over uh gerard stuff to mm-hmm. uh you know to cross check stuff with my own uh limited knowledge of japanese to pat to basically double check everything once it had been lettered and yeah. to um and you know how it looked whether there was any obvious errors and um, to f- do all this name decisions um, and to, like, answer all the letters from 12-year-old yeah, I kids, remember the letters, you know? yeah, yeah. It was fun. So, yeah, so not like what an editor does in Japan, definitely. Sure. But, um, yeah, sort of more like a, it's more like a phase in the production pipeline. So you took over from Trish? Yes. So the question that's weighed down on our minds for so many years, and you got to help us get to the bottom all right, of this. All right, all right. Real early on when Piccolo is speaking, He's got this old English oh, yeah. Shakespearean dost thou know wise thou answering this way. Yeah. What was up there? Well, I think that was just Gerard Jones' decision. But I think yeah. basically he We always leveled. blamed it on Trish. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Trish, but I honestly don't know for sure. It's been okay. a long time. But I think right. in any case, um, by the time I was editing it, he really hardly did that at all. And I think maybe, um, I, you know, you really have to ask Trish or maybe him. But uh, I think Trish probably sort of pushed it back a little bit. And yeah. by the time I took over, which was uh, wasn't which wasn't until like the fourth volume of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. Piccolo was pretty much. I mean, he, Piccolo, he wasn't like, "Yo, dude, what's up, bro?" Right, right. But he was pretty much talked like in most of the other characters. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, Goku still had a more like slangy, colloquial. Mm-hmm. Like he talks like a little boy, right? You know. Right. But um, Piccolo, no, I mean, he's you know, it wasn't it wasn't so forced. So uh, yeah. All right, that helps a little bit. <laughs> it's good to know. Like someone made a decision, and someone said maybe let's change it a little bit. Yeah, but it wasn't me. It was already uh, it had already ha- changed. It was only like the first. It's only about the first yeah, uh, Tonko Bond or something where he's, he's going like that. So take me a little further here. So Dragon Ball, we initially got the monthly floppies. We started getting into graphic novel stuff. And eventually we get into Shonen Jump as a magazine from Viz. Yeah, um, that was uh, pr- pretty amazing. Um, at the time, Viz, uh, basically Viz had gotten the Pokemon license in 1999. And Pokemon, right. of course, did super well for Viz and became their best, not only their best-selling comic today, but the, for a brief time, the number one comic yeah. in the U.S. So right. suddenly Viz, which had previously been doing just okay. I mean, a title like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z were among Viz's best-selling titles, but I think for most of their run, they only sold like um, around 10,000 copies a piece. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe more. I think they may have started out at like double that, but the way it was with the collectible comic market, you know, was that these things would boot, people would buy the first issue and then right. sales. It always drops after. Yeah. yeah. So those are good numbers for Viz. I'm sure they were disappointing as hell to Shueisha. <laughs> right. You know, it so often happens when like super popular yeah. Japanese comics license in the U.S. and people are like, why doesn't anybody like Ultimate Muscle in the U.S. or whatever? You know, right. where were we? So we're talk- <laughs> that's fine. We're talking about the transition to uh, the Shonen Jump magazine. Oh yes, thank so you. How did things change in the pipeline there? Oh yes, yes. Let me let me puff on my my pipe here and sit back on my my couch and tell, talk about the old olden days. All right. So back 1999, Viz had done Pokemon. So right. for a few years they coasted on Pokemon, but then Pokemon started to dry up a little bit, and Viz was trying to figure out something else to do, and they wanted to do another. Uh, the magazine market was still 
whole thing then. Obviously, there's some magazines that that still do well, but it was a lot bigger, a lot mm-hmm. bigger then than it was than it is now. And um, economy still well. Yeah. And uh, they, for a while, they wanted to do a um, video game magazine like uh, in the style of Nintendo Power and do mm-hmm. like really young children's manga, like from Koro Koro comic. Got it. But um, but then that was uh, but then I mean, ultimately they decided against that, which I think is a good thing because you know it's just not much. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like Doraemon, they tried to do in the U.S. Yeah, I don't see that that stuff that is that's that that's aimed at that young an audience. It yeah, it just doesn't work. So basically, we realized that uh, the Shonen Jump had all the great titles, and we wanted to. Publish Shonen Jump manga, but even though Viz had was doing Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. uh, Viz is owned by Shog- was traditionally then owned by Shogakukan, mm-hmm. which um, in Japan is a uh, is sort of a rival to Shueisha, and um, so the relationships were always a little tense. Yeah, you know, I can see that. there was always a lot of, I mean, there's always, always a lot of licensor demands that we didn't agree with, and a certain amount of uh, it, it was it wasn't it wasn't super easy. Anyways, but we really wanted to publish the Shonen Jump titles because we knew that they were all most of them were just really golden titles. I mean, this is it's a time when stuff like uh, you know Naruto is just starting up, One yeah, Piece, right. uh, Shaman King, new, yeah. you know Yu Gi Oh, yeah. So I mean, not entirely new, a couple years old, but to yeah, us, it still seemed very totally, new. yeah. So, anyways, Viz tried to want, wanted to do a magazine that was called they they, they wanted to do like Shonen Jump esque magazine, and so they tried a couple of names like uh, I think Raijin magazine had started around that time. Yeah. So I think Viz was actually feeling some of the some pressure from Raijin, even though Raijin ended up bombing terribly. Right. Uh, so Viz was considering doing a magazine called like Typhoon and stuff like that. I'm not yeah. kidding. So but eventually they finally decided that uh, Shonen Jump was just the best name because uh, you know it, yeah it just had the coolness, it had the appeal, and Tokyo right. Pop had proven at this by this point that you could uh, do this very um, this you didn't have to hide the Japaneseness right. of things, right? Yeah, it was cool to put it up front there now. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think it was actually a marketing guy at Viz who, who decided that we should just call it Shonen Jump as <laughs> opposed the marketing to something guy else. To say, yeah. Keep the name. Amazingly, That's great. <laughs> um, uh, he was actually pretty darn smart because he also foresaw digital distribution a lot longer. Yeah. Than, he was talking about that a lot longer than anyone else I knew. But I forgot his name. So, anyways, <laughs> um, so so eventually, Viz decided, yeah, let's call it Shonen Jump. Um, mm-hmm. But that meant, and that meant that uh, they had to actually work closely with Shueisha, and Shueisha ended up buying part of Viz, and it became right. a co-owned company. All right, this incredibly long explanation leads to the point that so eventually, Dragon Ball, the comic, ended, and we pushed it into Shonen Jump. Right. And uh, there we are. Um, I remember they went through the end of the Cell arc, and at that point, they're like, well, still a lot more, but yeah. Naruto's kind of popular. It's like, well, we'll do Dragon Ball in graphic novels and you know, bring it back occasionally for a feature. Yeah. So how long were you there at Viz overseeing Dragon Ball? To the end? I, yeah, I edited Dragon Ball to the end. Um, I think I was actually a freelancer when the last volume came out, because I left Viz in 2006. Okay. And I, I don't remember when volume 42 of DBZ or 26 in the Viz version right came out but i believe it was a uh, i think i might have edited it um remotely but yeah i did the i looked over the entire series well i want to talk a little bit about dragon ball with you i actually pulled a couple of quotes from uh i mean you have so many things you can talk about uh manga the complete guide oh boy yeah. I hope, um, okay i grabbed a couple of choice quotes here sweat drop all right <laughs> so you said dragon ball was the model for almost every shonen jump series that followed breaking away from the humorless machismo of the previous title holder, Fist of the North Star. A little harsh of me, but okay, go on. It shows a playful Jackie Chan-like spirit, and instead of punishing his defeated opponents, Goku almost invariably befriends them, turning them into good guys. That's a pretty good description of Dragon Ball right there. Yeah, I think so. That's something clearly that jumped out at you, was that you know we have this ever-growing cast of characters, yet 
they all become friends. Yeah. Um, you said Akira Toriyama's artwork was unique for an action series for its time, giving his mishmash fantasy world a cartoony, welcoming look. You know, that's what drew me in was um, what I love about Toriyama is there's not really any shading. Maybe you get a little bit in the background, mm-hmm. but everything is very open. It's either white or it's black on the yeah. page there. And while it's cartoony, welcoming, it's such a great word to describe. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I mean, I think he's an incredible artist. I, I mean, I'm going to confess something really embarrassing here. And that's the first time that I read Dragon Ball. Yeah. Um, I wasn't that impressed by the artwork. I was like, you know, this, this, this writing, this storytelling is good. Right. These fights are great. But if only it was a little more detailed. <laughs> if only it was a little, had a little more screen tone. If only, right. you know. And, um, but, you know, that was just my foolishness. I mean, I, because I was like, at the time, I was really into stuff like Akira, Battle Angel, Lita, Masamune right, right. Shiro, you know, the traditional, like, science fiction Yeah, great artwork. You know, yeah. And also, I mean, but of course, Dragon Ball sort of, well, not Dragon Ball beginning, but the later part is sort of science fiction-y. Yep. And Dr. Slump, he loves it. He loves, he loves the science fiction, it's obviously. Crazy. Yeah, there's more science fiction in the comedic Dr. Slump stuff than there is in some of the sci-fi Dragon Ball stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're both great series. And he's, you know, when, it, when I met Toriyama um, at the, the Shonen Jump launch party in um, 2002 in New York, yeah. I was like, oh, I love Dragon Ball. And he's like, oh, have you read Dr. Slump? Because <laughs> that's what he's really proud <laughs> of. He really. really your meeting with Toriyama. Yeah, I know. He really loves Dr. Slump, but he did draw a piccolo for me, so that's great. Oh, that's amazing. Do you still have that? I do. Oh, that's I great. Do. You know, you mentioned uh, Dr. Slump there. There's one more quote I want to read here. This is something you wrote on your House of a Thousand manga for uh, Anime News Network. Mm-hmm. The first great thing about Dragon Ball, and this is a list of you know, oh, yes, great yes. things, is that it's an action manga drawn by a gag manga artist, maybe even drawn reluctantly against his will. That is 100% true. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I mean, I you know, you, you you hear, for instance, like he called Dragon Ball, he wanted Dragon Ball Z, the anime, to be called Z, to imply that it's about to end, right? right? right. This is the ending, the final, you know, but uh, not at all, buddy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so tell me more about Dragon Ball, you know, as you began to edit it and really take, I mean, at that point, it would be a very close look at the series. One jumped out at you. What do you think makes it this iconic series that, I mean, we're more than 30 years out from yeah. Dragon Ball's inception, and it's still massive. Why is that? Well... Tough question, I know. It's, I mean, yeah, it's hard to know where to start. I mean, it's, it's good for a lot of reasons. I think, I mean, he's a really good uh, f- writer for these fights and cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really, uh, even like in early Dragon Ball, it's really heartbreaking watching Tao Pai Pai freaking kill everybody, <laughs> and then oh Goku God. finally comes along and saves them, you know, or... Uh, or like when Piccolo destroys the entire city by flexing his bicep, you know. Right. So I, I really, uh, I think that's great. And I mean, and Toriyama always talks about how contrary he is when he's mm-hmm. in interviews, you know. Um. So I, there's a certain, it's, it's it's original, you know, it's original in in a way that he has like that'll have he has like the stuff where he'll like um in uh in the Ginyu saga, Goku's it's all about like, when's the Goku gonna show up and save everybody, and mm-hmm. also in like the Nappa and Frieza attack, when's the Goku right. gonna save up and save, show up and save everybody and then you know like when uh when frieza comes back and he's coming to earth as a cyborg you think he's setting it up for that but no trunks shows up and kills everybody instantly and that's you know just i mean little things like that there's um i mean i think also the uh whole like who's tougher than who thing is very that's very appealing particularly if you're a kid or have a childish mind like me you know it's very um it's 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 you know it lends itself very well to kind of uh to kind of you know this handbook of the marvel universe who's stronger kind of you know role play and imagination stuff 
I mean, it's hard to, I, I gosh, it's a, it's, this is an endless question. I mean, it really, I think also his art is great. And, um, and, uh, it's hard to kind of hard to see how great it is now because it's been so absorbed by other people. Right. 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 I mean, uh, that whole, uh, sort of like, you know, really young looking, spiky haired, you know, the bright, colorful thing. It's just very, um, know, you're just it's everywhere, you know, eight different series. Yeah. Can jump right now. by saying Sure. Yeah. So, um, and it really, and when, and it totally was a breakaway from the, uh, you know, Sakasa Hojo and the Tatsuo Hara, you know, like a yeah. manly manga that was bigger, big right. then too. What do you think Dragon Ball took from that manly stuff though? Because it feels like it's still in there. Uh, what I'd always heard, and I, you kind of quoted before, is that, uh, some Japanese editors said this. I think it was one of the Raijin editors said that um, Fist of the North Star is based on Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Although I don't really get it because Fist is so uh, just like a block of wood, you know. And like <laughs> yeah, Bruce right. Lee, I think right. of like I mean he's strong, but he's also he's little and he's fast and you know right. He has yeah. expressiveness, which Fist doesn't have. Anyways, enough about Fist of the North Star. Uh, yeah, but basically Fist is Bruce Lee and um, Dragon Ball is Jackie Chan. That's what um uh it's playful, it's uh yeah. aware about itself. But still they're both martial arts things. Yeah. Well I I don't know. I mean I I kind of um I suspect there's probably if we go we went back to like the early eighties and seventies, there's probably other martial arts manga that uh that haven't you know, haven't stayed as popular over the years, they were probably also influential. Yeah. To both of them, you know. I mean I mean there's always been a fighting I mean, you know, fighting manga for a, a long time, although it was more of um i think it was more of like the tough like street the tough bonchos and, and boxers and stuff it had a more yeah. of a sportsy or a, like you know street culture vibe as opposed to the full-on crazy uh you know superhero stuff like, that like dragon ball introduced right right at least that's the impression i have but um you know i'm not uh you know i'm not confident that i'm aware of all the things that were floating around in the sea of, of manga back way back then you yeah, know yeah Let's jump to the future again. Here we are in 2016. Um, Viz completed the manga. They completed it again. Mm-hmm. They completed it again. Keller <laughs> and Keller. Multiple yeah. times there. You know, there's a reason for that. And one is obviously it keeps selling. Now, I would never ask you to um, speak poorly of any decisions. And, you know, I, I hate to ask a leading question. I don't work for Viz anymore. Right, so go exactly. Ahead. So, go ahead. So what do you think about a uh, series like Dragon Ball being constantly released? We... The way, you know, the hardest of hardcore Dragon Ball fans look at it, the Viz manga, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's got some issues. We have some censorship in areas. Um, something we're dealing with right now with the three-in-ones, which is the latest release of the series. Oh, are they censored more? They were advertised as uncut and uncensored. Oh, no. And consistently in every volume, there's been something. And it's not just things like, oh, the boobs slip by or Goku's winkies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Get in there again. Uh, I know the most recent one, it's the end of the cell arc. Uh, it's Trunks going back to his future. In the initial printing, 17's gun, where he's kind of like threatening this old man. Yeah. He's edited into a fist. That's still here in the Oh, that one. sucks. Yeah, I'm so, so, you know. Hmm. So we're still kind of dealing with that stuff. Well, you'll have to talk to whoever's the editor at Viz. Right, I right. wish I, I, I mean, you can know. Can you give us a good word somewhere? Like, how do we, uh, how do we um, push this along? Well, I really don't know. I mean, I really don't have any, uh, I haven't I haven't worked for Viz for years, so I don't really have any, um, course, yeah. you know, I mean, I know some people there, but, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just in the same position you are. It's the struggle of the Dragon Ball fan. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is we, we always have 
it's so close. We never quite got that perfect yeah. Dragon Ball product. Well, for a while we for a while it was pretty it was completely uncensored. Right, I know there's right. completely uncensored versions out there of the first of most I of most of this of the story. But I did know by the later Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. things were getting Vitz was getting more worried again and so things like the uh the gun, um, yeah. and also the later scene in the Boo arc when the two, uh, the two like rich jerks are are right, are, yeah. are, not, are going around gunning people down with some machine guns. Not only that, but they're gunning down like a it's Middle a Eastern looking people and a dog. <laughs> you know, so it's really it's doubly screwed up. Yeah. I mean, of course they're supposed to. Of course they're obviously the bad guys. So right, it's not right. you know. Um, but still, it's very, uh, they, you know, Viz is very scared of the guns. So I think they actually kept that, but they changed it into like a laser gun. I think it was laser Because it would be yeah, impossible yeah. to remove the entire sequence. So I guess, and there's not really a question there. It's more just that we're in 2016 and we still kind of hope. Do you think there's a chance? Could we ever get that perfect I, mean, I don't gun? know. That's a tough question. I mean, I, I can't uh, predict the future, but I no. do think, I mean, Dragon Ball is pretty, it's it's lasted 30 years now, so right, it's pretty, right. I mean, who knows? Maybe in another 10 years, everyone will be really into dark and gritty comics and they'll People be releasing the super extra violent Dragon Ball. I don't right. know. But um, uh, I mean, some on the other hand, some some things, you know, you just got to assume are, are not going to, are not going to get changed like uh you know like mr popo who right you know who, who we uh removed the uh like horrible black facey lips and just made him look more like a space alien you know no, just to your credit i actually didn't notice that for years well so that was like that was kind of okay one yeah i mean you know there's a lot it's yeah i mean manga localization is a. Uh, Localization is always a it's always a challenge. Of course, it'd be really interesting to see what it would be like now because you right, know with right. so much simul with so much sim- simul pubs, right? With right, jump right. and with uh, Crunchyroll and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But of course, on the other hand, now also the sh- major shonen magazines. I mean, there's still lots of pervy and weird stuff, you know, but mostly for seinen. But the major shonen magazines are much tamer than they, they were in the 80s, and you don't see like you know, this and the star isn't there anymore. Yeah, you don't <laughs> see nudity. You certainly don't see. I mean, you, they never were big on guns, but you don't see like a lot of. Yeah. You don't see so much like you don't see so much sex, and you don't see so much like freaking exploding heads and stuff. And it's right. a shame. It's a shame. <laughs> but uh, oh well. So tell us a little bit about what you have going on. I mean, I mentioned manga, the complete guide. You do lots of great artwork and publications out there. What do you have? Uh, well, I do a lot of illustration work for uh, Withers of the Coast for their website. Um, I mean, I've always been into gaming uh, and uh, particularly tabletop games. As anyone who's uh, follows me at uh, Mockman at Twitter, surely knows. And um, I uh, actually um, managed to combine my love of manga and uh, mm-hmm. tabletop gaming recently into Mangaka, the fast and furious game of drawing comics, which is my um, Pictionary-like uh, tabletop game where you um, where you draw manga or comic, if you will. So um, that's actually coming out in August from Global Games Distribution and Japanime nice. Games. And uh, and yeah, I'm really happy and excited about that. I actually spent part of last week um, silk screening a, um, a 70 uh, hachimaki, 70 headbands that, that say manga on them, which we got a uh, which, which we got a, a Japanese sumie calligrapher to to write the word manga. Nice. As far as I know, is the only uh, headband with the word manga that you can you can buy. In, in the entire universe that sounds great so that see, sounds very 1997 to me somehow you should come to the um well you know yes it, it does doesn't it you know but you don't you never see but it's it's actually the the kanji for manga okay it's not the word manga it's not like manga entertainment you know it's right, not right. you know manga entertainment who produces yes tv shows. exactly it's it's right. just the straight up kanji but yeah you should come to the manga cop panels tomorrow at 11 
which is going to be ir- totally irrelevant to everyone who hears this. Yeah, I probably it, won't have it up by when it comes out. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm working on that and uh, illustration and some other um, other gaming and comic stuff. I mean, I see I, I see all these titles out there: King of RPGs, Stiff. I mean, people want to learn more. Twitter, great way to do it. Twitter's great. I'm also at mockman.com, M-O-C-K-M-A-N.com. Well, I got Jason Thompson here. Anything else you want to leave for the Dragon Ball fans? I mean, it's been a while since you've been in the Dragon Ball world, but we're all still here. I, I just want to do that. Uh, I'm doing that. Um, I'm doing that tension hands uh, triangle blast at the uh, at the uh, microphone right now. <laughs> I forget what it's called, though. So. Kikoho. Thank you. There you go. See, see how long it's been. All right. <laughs> well, Kamehameha. Hey, Mary, let's wrap up the show because you're still here. Oh, wow. Recording and editing and that kind of stuff. Ooh. So a reminder, Temple of Trunks on Twitter, at least for now. Yes. All right. And then personally is Mary T.O.T. That one has been there for years. And, you know, Temple of Trunks.com still exists. It's just, you know, barren. No, no, I shouldn't say barren. It's exactly as stuff. it was. Lots of lots of stuff. It just has not been touched since 2008. I was uh, talking with Joe Tanuki, mm-hmm. which was great to see him at the convention this weekend. And I was explaining and uh, he was flabbergasted that the way you did those videos was not with a digital camera, but with a camcorder that you then video captured and then took screenshots from. Yeah, we didn't have a digital camera back then. When we did finally get a digital camera, it was towards the um, tail end of my making feature films. And when we got that digital camera, I was like, where have you been all my life? It shaved hours off the process. Because when I would make a feature film, I don't think people realized it took, granted, I was a teenager with unlimited time, but it would take a full weekend. Like, let's say I I scripted it on a Friday, shot it, and, and staged it on a Saturday and wrote the thing and took the screenshots and put it up on the website on a Sunday. It was a two and a half day affair in teenage years. Well, it's good to have you back. It's good Never to really be left, back. Don't call it a comeback. Back. Don't call it a comeback. Been here for I've years. Been here for years. <laughs> All right. Now with more boxing, though. So that's Mary. I am still Mike Vegito EX. And this is Konzenshu. You were not a part of Konzenshu. <gasps> I thought I was like a mascot or a de facto member. Come on. I'm your, your SEO consultant. <laughs> Kinda, I'm always telling you what you forget, should be doing. Forget SEO. You're more like CEO in many ways. Yes. I'm also your finance department. <laughs> A little bit. We're done here. So that's Mary. I'm Mike. We got Julian. We got Jake. We got Heath. www.kanzenshuu.com. Next time on the show, which hopefully will be next week as well, I have another interview coming your way. I'm not going to tease it just oh, yet. Oh, you should. Oh, it's so good. Uh, we talked a little bit about marking this episode. We're going to hear a lot more about that next episode. Pay attention to the social medias and all that for teases of what I got coming to your ears next week. So that's it. This has been episode, I don't actually 403. know. 403. Thank you for paying attention, Mary. 403 of our podcast. We will see you next time for 404. It's been a pleasure. Mary, wrap it up. You've been listening to Consent to the Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Bye.